Why are so many songs written about romantic relationships? When you write a song about a non-romantic topic, for instance, your friend or your mom or your dad, why is that sometimes viewed as being cheesy? How do you go about writing songs that are more sensitive than romance, possibly even controversial topics? Welcome to Everyone Special and No One Is, a podcast about obscure, misunderstood, and or controversial topics related to music. My name is Martin Chazelle, and joining me today is artist and songwriter Kate Cosentino. So welcome, Kate. Hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. How are you doing on this lovely afternoon? It's like 75 degrees outside. I am filled with joy. It is a great day. <laughs> yes, it's a beautiful day. <laughs> I totally, totally agree. So what are we talking about this week? Well, as you so so kindly suggested, um, we are going to talk about love songs, I believe. And yes. why are there so many? There are so many. Yes. There's so, 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 so many. So I just, I feel like... It's very hard even to, even if you wanted to avoid listening to love songs, it would be hard. You would have to make a very active effort to not listen to love songs because they're just everywhere. It's like so many, um, especially in, you know, like commercial popular music, like a lot of albums, you will have all of the songs are love songs or like all of them, but one or two are about Mm -hmm. love to a certain extent. And it's just like, why is it so pervasive? And how do we feel about that? And what yeah. <laughs> is it good? Is it bad? And I just want to say up top that we're when we're talking about love songs, it's not necessarily like the stereotypical, oh, it's a it's a slow ballad about how much one person loves another person and it's very sentimental and romantic. Um that is a type of love song, but in this context of this conversation, I think we should just define love songs as any song with lyrics that are romantic in nature, meaning that it is about a romantic relationship. It could be a relationship that just ended. It could be a relationship that is currently happening, but it's like there are bitter, tense feelings going on, you know, because I think that still counts under the romantic umbrella even if it's not your stereotypical like cheerful happy love song you know right i mean there's so many there's so many categories of love song involving a romantic partner i feel like even just pop music in the dance genre like sexy dance music yes (laughs) often is its own form of love song you know yes exactly exactly um Yeah, so I wanted to have you on specifically to talk about this topic because I think you bring a really, really unique perspective to this. First of all, you're a phenomenal songwriter and you don't restrict yourself to just writing songs about one topic. Like, 
you have written some really, really great love songs, but you've also written some really great songs that are not about that topic. And I think you have a lot of creative freedom in how you write and the ability to express yourself talking about whatever you choose to talk about in your lyrics. So what are what are some of your thoughts on this topic? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, that's so sweet of you to say. Um, all of that. That made my heart that made my heart warm. Oh, um, thank you. Well, um ironically, <laughs> when I started songwriting, which was like the third grade, I put out an album in middle school. <laughs> it is I don't think it's on the internet anymore, hopefully, but it was called Too Many Love Songs. And hey, <laughs> so I didn't even, know that. That's amazing. I know. Yeah, it was that was the whole idea. And I think I've always felt this weird battle with the love song because in my personal experience, you know, I have had a lot of relationships, be them friendships or romantic relationships. And when that's happening to you, it is the easiest thing to write about. Like it is a way to grieve and process emotions. And when you're in middle school, like the main things that I felt equipped to write about were the crush that I had and my middle school boyfriend and blah, 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 blah. But having or being someone that also really likes to write just stories that are like the movies that I enjoy and about social issues that like really hit my heart. It's it's weird. I always battle with feeling like my love songs are less important, and yet most people listen to mostly love songs. It's strange. Like, it feels... It's like the Paul McCartney song, like, you'd think they'd have enough of silly love songs, but yeah. it isn't so. Like, we still... Like, they, <laughs> it, we're not tired of it. No one said, no, stop putting these out, you know? Yeah, So it's exactly. interesting. Not only is that what so many of us have experience with in our personal lives, but it's just so pervasive that, you know, um, I was talking on a previous podcast episode about melodies and where do melodies come from. And really, all melodies in some way, shape and form are related to melodies that come before them, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like we're always just taking in information and then putting it back out in like a new way. And when... So much of the information that we get that we receive from listening to music is about love songs that makes it so much easier and more just it feels more natural to write it because you pick up on specific phrases like, you know, don't let me down. Um, I'll be there for you. Um, and, and just like like rhymes like together and forever rhyme really well and work really well yeah. <laughs> in a love yeah. song. Yeah, all the cliches, all the cliches that everyone uses. Absolutely. Um, man, that's interesting. I mean, how I'm curious how you feel because I I'm glad that we're having this discussion because I mean, not that we need to go deep into our private lives, but I would say I've probably dated too many people, and, and you've and you've dated a, a, a smaller pool than I have. So yes. I don't know if you're, you know, I'd be curious what your opinion is in like, you know, if to you they're super annoying because you're like I've had this one experience and I can't relate to any of these, or like how do you how do you feel about the insane amount of love songs that we hear on the daily? Yeah. So full disclosure, I have only ever had in my life one romantic relationship. 
Mm-hmm. And that relationship, depending on how you count it, it lasted between about two and four weeks. So very, very brief. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, overall, I am not really actively pursuing any romance whatsoever. And I would also consider myself to be on the asexual and aromantic spectrums. So it's not like a very present thing in my life. But long before I was even aware of that, when I was in, you know, like middle of in the middle of high school, uh, even like applying to colleges and starting at college when I was still Mm -hmm just sort of figuring out what kind of songs I wanted to write about. I did write a lot of love songs, not personal love songs, but just love songs that were fictional, you know, talking about someone else's perspective, like this fictional character or characters that I created. And Well, you've heard enough. You've heard enough of them that you could be like, here is the formula for a love song. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to do because I was deconstructing Um, all of these songs that I'd heard that I enjoyed and like trying to figure out how can I like figure out what these songs that are doing well that I can then apply to my own songs and almost the expectation that that's what you're going to write about when you go into a collaboration setting. I feel like whether you're co-writing or top lining or whatever, you almost have to be like specifically like the default is a love song. And if you want to do anything else and you have like specifically address that up front almost. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's interesting. It's like, I think the beautiful thing about songwriting is how it makes people connect over shared human experiences. And I think the easiest, one of the easiest things to connect with other people on is the desire to be loved and yeah. the connection we feel with other people. And sometimes when you walk into a writing session, like, you know, they always say that first, you know, 30 minutes is just getting to know them and seeing what's going on in their life. And I feel like when it's a co-writing session, you just give, you're given permission to be like, oh, so I'm seeing this guy and, yeah, oh, you know, like whatever you want to say about it. And it's kind of like throwing stuff at the wall to get someone to relate to you. And then that becomes the idea. And more often than not, I think people like have for some reason we go to romantic relationships instead of being like because I think it's way easier to pin it on someone else I could easily say to you Martin like oh have you ever dated someone who treated you like this and it was super annoying and you'd be like yeah that was annoying versus me saying oh man well I just constantly struggle with uh feeling like I'm not skinny enough like that is a way more difficult statement for me to say because it's about me yeah Rather than not that my romantic experiences aren't about me, but it's about how I'm experiencing another person. So those are easier to dive into and they're not political. They're not, you know, it's not controversial to say this girl treated me this way. This guy said this. But, you know, other topics can sometimes be a little more nuanced and difficult to address. Yeah, no, I totally get that. It's it's really really easy to just sort of talk crap about somebody else, you know, if you have Mm -hmm. like a nasty relationship, but to admit that like you have insecurities over like how much you weigh and like, I very much have experienced that on and off through like a large part of my life, but Mm. I don't 
really admit it or talk about it openly, and I've certainly never written a song about it, and that would feel really, really weird. But you have written a song on that topic, which is Mm -hmm. really admirable, I would say. She weighs herself while he weighs his options. She thinks if she lost the pound, she wouldn't have lost him. She tried to run, she tried to hide it. She tried it on, but it wouldn't fit. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, in it, it took a lot of courage for myself to not be afraid to say stuff about... It's weird. It's weird. It's like... It has the same feeling, which, you know, it could just be me, but like in college when everyone's dating on like online dating apps and we have this like insane fear to tell anyone, like you would never say, I met them on Bumble. I think that's changing, (laughs) but like there used to be this huge anxiety and I feel that kind of anxiety sometimes when I talk about really personal struggles, you know, like plus I, you know me. And I feel like you're kind of this way as well, that we're generally positive people. Mm-hmm. And so some I it's always a weird dance trying to navigate talking about the deeper struggles and putting yourself in that place, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like if I'm if I'm writing a song about like a more intense, like darker topic, then I usually want to like put some sort of positive spin on it somehow, you know, like it has some sort of redemption. It's not just complaining about the universe, but sometimes you just need to complain about the universe, you know, like, like that's what you need for catharsis. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why they're so easy to write sometimes where you're like, oh, this feeling is so heavy that it has to physically come out of you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to talk about some of the statistics about how common love songs are, and then we can get back to talking about how we feel about the prevalence and those statistics. But after uh, after digging on the internet, I was able to find um, a study from 2018. Uh, I just found it online, but it was originally published in the Psychology of Music Journal. And the Mm -hmm. article title is... What has America been singing about? Trends in the U.S. popular songs, 1960 through 2010. And the leading author is, just to complete the citation, uh, Peter G. Christensen. And I could read you the names of all the other authors, but I don't think you really care. And I can just not do that. Put it in the the show notes, baby. Put it in the show show notes. But anyway, so... uh, this team of researchers, they analyzed the lyrics of songs ranging from 1960 to 2010. They took the year-end billboard charts from those years from 1960 to 2010. I think they did like like even-numbered years just to reduce the amount of work of the analyses mm-hmm. that they would have to do. But they still analyzed the lyrics of 1,040 songs. which is a really good sample size. And I think that's pretty representative of popular music throughout those years. Um, And they were basically just going through and making notes um, on what themes show up in the lyrics. And their themes, they had 19 different themes. I'm not going to read all of them, but some of them included relationships slash love, sexual desire, dancing, partying, alcohol slash drugs, friends, family, and so on. So 
their their findings were really really fascinating. Um, every single decade that they analyzed, the leading topic for for the topics references in songs, the leading topic was romance slash love. Of course, <laughs> right. more yes. than Makes any sense. other topic whatsoever. And the next most popular topic was, of course, sexual desire. <laughs> yep. And then everything. We, we are animals. We are animals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then everything else is um, just lower percentages than that. But hmm. I'm I'm curious if you had to guess from those 1,040 songs that they analyzed, what's the overall percentage of those songs that contained references to relationships slash love? Oh, man. I would guess 80%. That's a good guess. It was, <laughs> Is it, am I close or yes, completely you're close. off? It was uh, 67.3%. Okay, okay, a little yeah. off, but that's yeah, that's over half. Yeah, it is over that's half. That's honestly it's that's lower. That's lower than I would think, to be it's honest. It's also lower than I would think, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um But I, I wonder is the is sexuality and like sexual songs a separate category? Yes, that is a separate category. Then that makes sense to me. How much is that one? That one is 29.9% of overall songs. So, so add those up. <laughs> the rest is what? Everything else that's not about sex or love well, yeah. is so the thing 10%? Is, <laughs> these, these categories are not exclusive. So mm-hmm. you could have a song that uh, contains references to relationships and love. And also... They can double dip. Relationships. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so... There is definitely a lot of overlap between those two categories. There are probably some songs that were just, you know, talking about like, oh, one night stand. And so then it's like only sexual. <laughs> but right, um, right. then there would also be songs that are, you know, traditionally romantic and very polite and politically correct and not verging into the other category at all. Um, so it'd be yeah. interesting. They didn't put this in the article, but it would be interesting to see what percentage of the songs contained uh, contained romantic and or sexual references, you know, because I feel like that right. would give a better, better perspective on that. But anyway, um, the percentage of songs that included references to romance or love was pretty consistent throughout all the decades. It was hovering around like 65 to 70 percent, roughly. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of sexual references, there was a statistically significant increasing trend throughout the decades. So in the 1960s, only 18% of the songs contained sexual references. But then moving up to the 2000s, it got up to 41.7%. So that's over doubling <laughs> the percentage of sexual references, which I think wow. shows the the inaccurate description i mean are we surprised are we surprised (laughs) the the sexual revolution was like around the 60s to the 80s yeah exactly it makes total sense that's (laughs) oh my god and then cardi b happened and now it's like oh man probably more (laughs) than 40 (laughs) percent yeah spike it up even more exactly and notably some of the other categories um Family, references to family, were only in 8% of the overall songs. 
and references to friends was even lower. Friendship was 6.7%. Wow. So just think of how much that shows that society is placing emphasis on romantic relationships as opposed to platonic or family relationships, you know? Yeah. It's it's strange because arguably friendships are as important, if not more. <laughs> yeah, but, because we're friends. We have friends that are that we've been with since like childhood, you know. And yeah, <sighs> yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, I think that's definitely a reflection of the values of our society, and for so long, and still. And I think it's a beautiful thing. Your romantic partner is your life partner. And so the space they occupy in your life is a lot larger than someone who's a friend, typically. I mean, save for a few close friends. So it makes sense to me that, you know, I don't know. And there's just like a different relationship there. But I, I think it's sad we don't sing more about friends. Yeah. But I think it's kind of perceived as cheesy sometimes. Like, yeah, why is that? I don't know. Like, I get by <laughs> with a little help from my friends, vibe with it. That's totally the song. But I feel like people are like, great, you made the song about your friends. You know, it's yeah. like, I don't know. Because, like, all the songs that are running through my mind that say something with the word friend in it, it's like, oh, I have this friend, and this is a, her romantic relationship. Or, you know, like, it, it, ver- <laughs> it swerves off from. I don't know. There's not a lot of relationship songs about my friend wronged me or my friend is so great because of this, this, and this. Yeah. Or I feel like maybe there are, but people don't explicitly say it. You know, like Phoebe Bridgers has a song, as you know, I'm obsessed with her, called Kyoto. And the first couple times I heard it, I was like, wow, this sounds like a terrible relationship she's in. And then I was listening further and I was like, this is a weird relationship. This sounds almost like a dad. And then I looked more into the song and it's about her dad. But there are a lot of songs that I feel like are vague enough that they might be about other relationships than a romantic one, but they're hidden in the guise of just general love song or general poetic song. Yeah, exactly. And like, think about one of the most iconic love songs, period, is I Will Always Love You. And that was not a romantic song. By Dolly Parton. That was about, um, oh my God, why am I blanking on his name? It, sh- it was the guy that he did all the shows with and they had to part ways what? in their career. And, That's you know, crazy. she loved him as a partner in showbiz and as a friend. And when she wrote that song, he was like, yeah, you, you know, you can, we, we do need to part. <laughs> I'll have to look up who it's about. I forget. It was uh, something Porter or no, Porter Wagner. Mm-hmm. Who had the television show that she got her start on, and when they oh. when they separated, wow, she wrote that song to make him understand. So it's like, but we think that that song is the most romantic breakup song of the year. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. That it's is crazy. crazy. That's totally crazy. And I would actually guess that you know, in terms of this study that the researchers did. They were probably, you know, the way that they categorized the songs was definitely influenced by, you know, their own subjective backgrounds and how they experience music. And there could be a song that could go either way that's like arguably lyrically ambiguous in terms of whether it's platonic or romantic or about like a father or a daughter. But 
you know, they probably put it in the romantic bucket because that's just the default assumption almost. (laughs) Right, right. Well, and that's the beauty of a song is you take it and make it mean what you want it to mean. And, you know, yeah, that's, it's interesting. It's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's why I love writer's rounds and like hearing the songwriters talk about the song, even though I definitely respect writers who are like, I'm not going to tell you what it's about. You have to decide for yourself. I get that, but also I like knowing what they wrote it about, yeah. especially if it's weird. Like, if it's not literally about your breakup, I definitely want to know why you wrote this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you've actually written some songs that are leaning on slightly controversial political topics. Mm. So spicy. I was spicy. Spi- yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was wondering if you could share your perspective on what it was like writing those songs and the choice to make it about those topics and if you mm-hmm. received any backlash or anything mm-hmm. um out of the songs you've released on Spotify there's like dirt on it and starving for mm-hmm. love but were were there any songs in particular that you wanted to talk about by any chance man i mean dirt on it's dirt on it is a good one to talk about for sure um now 13 caught in maybelline Dad smacked off his blush, bruised his cheeks, and called it love. Dirt on it is interesting because I vividly remember I wrote it when I was a sophomore in high school at Berkeley summer camp. And I remember seeing a bunch of headlines about trans kids who were taking their own lives because they were being bullied at school. And that made me so sad and upset for these kids and just I couldn't imagine feeling so disliked by the people around you that it pushed them to that it just broke my heart and so it it was interesting because I remember thinking I have to write about this and do something but it's not my story so I felt a lot of conflict after I wrote it just of you know, I want to make sure trans voices are elevated and the people who are experiencing these things are elevated. So you, I I find the battle as a writer sometimes of like, okay, this isn't my story. This is how I'm perceiving a story that I'm around. You know, this is how I'm, yeah. per- I'm a voyeur watching this happen. But a lot of the great songwriters that I love, like Bob Dylan, write about things as they experience them. And I think when you're writing about a topic like that, even if it's not the oppression you're facing or the issue you're facing, writing about it in a way that's honest to you is really, really important. So I wrote that song from third person because I'm not the boy in the story. I'm not the dad in the story. And I think when there are tough issues, I tend to write in a way that's like, here's the movie. I want you to watch it, I want you to feel it, and then think for yourself and think from these characters' perspectives. I'm I'm not huge on writing a song that's like, hey you, think the way I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more like, you know, I think I think it's better to to kind of put someone in someone else's shoes to make them actually feel it instead of pointing the finger. Um but yeah, it's definitely there's a lot of <laughs> a mental strain that goes into, you know, the, and I, there are venues where I show up planning to play it. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm not sure if I'm going to do that. Not sure if I want to whip that one out today. 
but you know, if I'm in the middle of Alabama alone as a woman, I might not choose to play <laughs> to play my <laughs> pro LGBT song. Yeah, <laughs> it's just read the room, read the room. Yep. I guess. Yep. No, mm-hmm. I totally get mm-hmm. that. I mean, I, I yep. will say that um, your song "Dirt on It" is just a really, really beautiful representation of that whole story and even if it's not your personal experience you do an excellent job touching on that topic and not being overly preachy you know like you're not Mm -hmm. accusing anyone of anything in that song like it's a fictional story to the best of my knowledge but it's just I feel like really really well handled um thank you I I tried I tried real hard (laughs) I pieced that puzzle together carefully (laughs) yeah for sure um transitioning just a little bit i think uh for me the way that i think about the prevalence of romantic songs one analogy that sort of helps me like articulate my thoughts on this topic is you know it's it's so easy when i'm talking with other people to just be like yeah, like, I don't understand why there's all these songs that are about love. And they're like, well, what? Are you, like, against love or something? Like, what's wrong with listening to a good love song? And it's like, (laughs) I'm not against love songs. So many of my favorite songs to listen to um, by some of my favorite artists are love songs. And they're just really pleasant to listen to. And even though I can't personally relate to those topics, it's very still enjoyable. And obviously, I appreciate the musical aspects in addition to the lyrics. But... But the the way my analogy for communicating my my frustration with this is we've gotten to the point where basically if you turn on the radio, there is a very good chance that you're going to listen to a love song, you know, because yes. like the study said, about two thirds of popular charting songs are about romantic relationships. So what what that feels like in comparison is... If you're like, oh, well, uh, let's let's go watch a movie in the theater, you know, in a in a post COVID world where going to the theater is safe and everyone's vaccinated, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. Um, yep. Like, let's go to the movie theater. Uh what what movie do you want to watch? And it's like, oh, well, two thirds of the movies that are being shown are romantic comedies. And the remaining third of the movies that are there, there's like three movies that are not romantic, but they're all kids movies or something, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like what? Like, like movies are about so many different topics and subjects. And you have horror, you have mystery, you have drama, you have action, you have superhero. There's, there's just there's so many different options and i know obviously even in like the most you know intense mystery movie there will probably also be some sort of romantic subplot and that's like take that with a <laughs> grain of salt but songs don't songs are so short by their nature that you yeah. have to make it be about one thing, you know? And so often... Yeah, they're not, they're not as multidimensional as yeah. a movie. Like, you can have... Lord of the Rings has, like, three stories going at the same time, but you can't do that with a song as much. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. then by default, people just write almost every song about love, and that's just the sole topic that the song is about. Like, that just doesn't make any sense to me because we, <laughs> as humans, we crave variety. That's why there are different movie genres and you know obviously there's different genres in music too but it just 
it feels like whereas with movies the genre whether it's horror action etc that determines both the content and the style you know the content being mm-hmm. the the specific plot and choices and like the setting and then the style being how they choose to represent that topic and how it's executed with like the filmmaking and the actors and the whole yes. deal um for music the different genres rock pop dance indie etc 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 the different genres determine the style in which it's portrayed because obviously there are so many different ways that you can put arrangements together in music and um, different ways that you can play it and produce it. But the content of music across so many different genres is already going to be love. That's already determined. And the genre just determines the style, you know, (laughs) which uh, it's not like 100%. Like obviously there are some genres which kind of by their very nature are meant to like defy traditional norms. So like probably with metal or punk music, you're less likely to have love songs because it's kind of like a big F you to society. And we're just going to write songs <laughs> about whatever we want to write about, you know? Right. Right. But yeah, it's, <sighs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I understand the frustration. It's, it's a weird dual edged sword, but one thing that I'm not sure if this is necessarily unique to love, but I think it's easy for most people is there are so many facets to it because you yeah. have a love song, right? They're all love songs. We have, you know, whatever, 67% of these songs are love songs. Yeah. But there's so much nuance within one relationship that you could write, I've written millions of songs about one person, different segments of it. You know, it's painting little pieces of a character. And so I think a lot of people to process that emotion, which is one that happens consistently. I think that's also a thing that I feel like romantic relationships ending and beginning is a really common thing. I don't know how many people we date in our lifetime on average, but you know, crushes and feelings like that are consistent and fleeting. Whereas, you know, more <laughs> different things, I don't know, are are less frequent. Like my body image struggles. Let's take that for example. That has been prevalent for, you know, since, I don't know, middle school when everyone grows into themselves. Yeah. And it's a constant presence. But really, like, I I can't or maybe some people can. It's like it's not as recurring more as it's it feels like one event versus love feeling like multiple and also what's weird is i feel like the audience like i experience this sometimes where i feel like the audience could hear a thousand love songs and they don't care they're never going to be like you've played way too many love songs tonight yeah <laughs> but if i played if i play more than 3 songs about body image they're going to be like, why are you so down about your body? Like, can uh, we hear something about something else? And it's funny that they'll get tired of that so fast. Yeah. But I think it's because love songs, I'm not going to sing you a song that's like, I love this guy. Next song, I love this guy. It's like, here's an intimate relationship with a character. So you get a new character every time. Whereas me and my body image is consistently the same narrative. You know, and I think sometimes more specific subjects and i feel bad like oh my god now i'm going on a rant sorry martin no segue if you have anything to add but with some of my friends who are um 
out queer artists. Like it's, they write about love and all their love songs that don't say anything about gender. It's like no one cares. But as soon as it's like they've sang six songs about being gay or a gay relationship, they're like, do you sing anything that's not about that? And I'm like, that's so, <laughs> why now? Why now are you feeling this way? That's a you know? crazy double standard. Yeah. Right. Like, listen, <sighs> you know, Haley Kiyoko? Yeah. Or King Princess, either of them. They're just singing about love and relationships. But I've seen some people criticize them where they're like, oh, why is every song they write a gay song? And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> is You didn't have a problem when everyone else is writing love songs. Yeah. But, you know, it's like other topics for some reason, maybe because they are more specific, like, you know, people don't want to hear about it as frequently as something more vague like love. Right. You, you know what I find a lot of the times when I'm just listening to music, it's that when it's a love song and, you know, the lyrics may or may not be kind of vague in general and more or less what I've heard before, I can kind of just let it wash over me and focus more on the musical aspects and how yeah. much I enjoy the melodies and the production. But when it's like about a topic that I'm not so used to hearing all the time, it's almost like it grabs my attention more. You know, it's like like when the AC, when the air conditioning is running and you just get used to it after a period of time and yeah. you stop paying attention to it. That's like that's like love songs almost. That's so a you really notice good it point. When the AC, yeah. That's a really good point. And I think like I think what it can be sometimes why people get tired of non-love songs is it requires too much brain power. Yeah. Like uh, if I sing, it's also like if you hear too many depressing songs, like the people like you to vary the set and not be like sad, 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 or happy, 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 happy. Taking those, you know, changes in dynamic is important because one, our attention spans and like capacity for seeing the same monotonous thing is very like short and tiny. But I like, you know, how many thinker songs can I play before you're like, my brain hurts? Yeah. Stop, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah, that's point. crazy. Um, I would like to add just very briefly that th- this is a whole other topic and I might do a podcast on it later. But <laughs> if, if your goal as a songwriter is to write songs that get synced in film and TV, it is absolutely against your best interest to write love songs because the music publishers and licensing companies, they have an overabundance of love songs already. And the problem is there are only so many scenes and moments in TV, film, commercials that can benefit from love songs. So they need songs about everything but love. They need songs about... I feel really good, you know, just general songs about feeling good, Martin, songs about... I'm so glad you said that, because I was <laughs> thinking that when we were talking earlier, because we've both have it, had experience working in sync, and that's so true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. They need, like, those, the commercial songs that are like, I'm happy, I'm ready, I like all these colors, and here is the song about this toothbrush that I'm selling, and it's like, <laughs> what is... It's honestly a lot of sync music 
it's either atmospheric and like a certain vibe or really like kitschy like it fits a really weird genre or it's like music i would never listen to in my spare time yeah but dang will it sell those jeans yeah (laughs) exactly so weird yeah in the interest of wrapping it up a little bit i guess i'm just wanting to touch on just overall do we feel like the prevalence of love songs on a cultural social level is it problematic that so many songs are written about the same thing or are we okay with it is it fine you know man man do you have a strong opinion to start off with no i don't (laughs) you don't okay well my initial thought it's interesting uh, and I'm curious your opinion as someone who's identifying as asexual and aromantic. I think I think love songs being so prevalent, what's great is everyone loves a love song. It makes you feel not alone when you're experiencing that breakup, when you're experiencing falling in love. It, there's nothing more magical than hearing a song that speaks to what's happening to your life, especially when it's going on that mixtape for that boy that you're seeing, yeah. <laughs> like when you feel it, when you feel it. But I, and I think it'll, we'll see a shift possibly, but I do think it's a little difficult for some people, especially those who haven't had many romantic experiences that the forefront of our society is trying to achieve this happiness that comes from a partnership because you don't need it and you can find that love elsewhere within yourself, within your friends, within your family. But it's also, like we said, not all the love songs are really only exclusive to romantic relationships. So I don't know. It's it's good and bad. No solid opinion there. What about you? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I struggle with this, which is why I said I didn't have a super strong opinion right away. It's like... I don't want to tell anybody not to live their truth and write about their experience. And if, Mm. you know, romantic relationships is consistently the most present topic in their lives in terms of like constantly having something to write about, you know, because even if you're in like a stable long-term relationship, there is still just experiences that you will have like conflicts or other things, you know, it's, it's not just 100% of the time everything is as it seems. And I feel like a lot of personal and also interpersonal conflict stems from relationships. And conflict is great to write songs about because it helps us think it through and it helps relate to other people that have experienced that have experienced similar conflicts. Um, and not just that, obviously, all love songs are about conflict, of course. There are also plenty of very beautiful songs about just being happy. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm being, I'm kind of avoiding, I'm, I'm evading the, the question that I, I'm, avo- I'm evading my own question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, because there's, there's not a strict answer. There's not. There's yeah. Not. Yeah. And, and I think also from what you said, a lot of the songs you love are love songs. Right. right. Exactly. Like, we don't want them to go away. And I will say as someone, even though I've had a million romantic relationships, I still will search for hours for a song that makes me feel 
that puts into words how I'm feeling and it takes forever to find the right one. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not they're not always applicable. Like rolling in the deep bomb song, I don't really feel that. I haven't had a relationship that feels that way at all. Yeah. But it's a cool song. You know, and that's one where I think it's what you're talking about, where I kind of zone out and just think it's a cool song. Whereas, like, I Can't Make You Love Me makes me sob my eyes out. Because yeah. I get that. I understand that so deeply in the way it's played and the genre feel like the way I feel. Yeah. So, you know. I Can't Make You Love Me by Bonnie Raitt. Yes. Is that the artist? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a great song. Yes. Oh, Yeah. It's yeah, uh, <laughs> makes me cry. Yeah, um, I would say that overall, I'm not gonna make any sweeping statement that the percentage of love songs should be lower because that percentage is not the responsibility of any one person. That is mm-hmm. a very complex picture of the popular music culture from five decades, you know? (laughs) And there are just so many, so many reasons why that percentage is what it is. But for me personally, what I will do is I will listen to all sorts of different songs, but I will also make a conscious effort to seek out songs that just, just to listen to, to seek out songs that are not about those topics. So one band that I've been getting into recently that kind of their whole shtick is writing songs that are anything but romantic is AJR. Mm. AJR is fantastic. Oh, oh my <laughs> um, God. Okay, but wait, but wait. Are they the one with that song that is on the radio all the time right now? That sounds like the Minions. It's like, uh, I lo- I think they're so cool and I love their, their branding and their sound, but that's one song. <laughs> oh, bang. Bang. Oh, I hate that song. It's so annoying. <laughs> That's but again, okay. yes, not a love song. Not a love song. Yeah. And very cool production. Very, I respect it. Mm-hmm. But that's that's interesting. Do they say that's their shtick? I mean, I don't know if they've explicitly said that, but just through, I've been listening a lot to their albums, Neo Theater, and the one that they just released called OK Orchestra. And mm-hmm. there's songs in there that are kind of about love but it's like it's basically flopped like two-thirds or so of the songs are not about love and then you might have like a fourth or a third of them that are but Mm. well do you have anything else that you'd like to say on this topic man ah i don't think there's much else to say except a good love song is a good time and you know write your truth like you were saying yeah exactly um I think that that wraps up this this podcast episode. This has been really, really fun. Thank you for doing this. I Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. I've learned a lot just from preparing for this conversation and also from <laughs> the things that you had to say, which had never occurred to me before. So I really appreciate that. This has been great. I feel I hear feel like this was therapy, mild therapy for Good. all of the love songs. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Is there anything you would like to promote? Well, now that we're on the topic of love songs, not that that was the topic the entire time, (laughs) I have a love song that's out called Parking Lot Pennies, and I just released it last Friday. You can find it on any place you listen to music, and 
keep your eyes peeled for a little EP in the fall. So that's that's my update. Yeah, that's very exciting. I can I can vouch. I can vouch for parking lot pennies <laughs> being a very very good, very sweet, very wholesome song, and it's definitely oh. worth a listen. So. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Just add it to your love song playlist. All yes. <laughs> one thousand, one million songs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> awesome. And uh what do you see? Well, right now I see my three D printed Yoda that I made in high school. He is half Yoda, half Buddha. And I printed him on the 3D printer in my high school. He sits on my studio desk. So I'm Aww. looking at him. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's ridiculous, but wow. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um. What do I see? Yes. What do you see, I Martin? See, um, I see my bed frame, which I set up mm. recently. I finally got a mattress. I had been sleeping in this new place on an air mattress for three oh weeks, three weeks and two days. I had been sleeping oh on a tiny uh, two inch thick air mattress that is meant for camping. And <laughs> finally, well, your back is going to thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. <sighs> anyway, so that's my congrats. Life update. Congrats. But, I like that. That's yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, uh, the podcast will be back next week with an update on my personal story by myself. So look forward to that. And until then, until next time. Awesome. Bye. <laughs> yeah, bye-bye.